Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, I'm so tired tonight. I'll fall asleep when I'm home, when I'm Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here uh, on Patreon. You get it a day early over here, or if not, uh, on wherever you get your podcast. My name is Kenny, I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin Finn, a rare Saturday recording for us. Yes, I've had various things to do this week, so uh, I wasn't able to record on Thursday, uh, but we are here on Saturday, a day before British summertime begins, and it's still really cold. When's it going to warm up, Kenny? Well, it'll be warming up for you next week. Yes, yes, I think. I, I think. Well, so apparently it's going to be like twenty degrees in LA, which to me is, I really like twenty degrees, maybe twenty three, twenty four. That's like my ideal. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. So I'm looking forward to it being sunny. And... That's it. The only way you get warm is by leaving this country. I know. I know. But uh, yeah, so it should it should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, there is plenty to talk about in wrestling news, and the big talking point, obviously, is CM Punk. He's back in the news, um, and it all stems from he was. I, I think there had been there. There was a report that came out that he had had talks with um with AEW the last few months. That he'd been talking to Tony Khan a few times, which obviously we assume is so that they can try and patch things up. Um, and then what happened was, um, I'm trying to think what, what the thing was that, that made it happen. I mean, we are, it's like more than six months on, isn't it? Coming up seven months on from the incident, isn't it? Yes, yes. What, so the thing that I think that, that made Punk annoyed was that Dave Meltzer had posted something on his forum or his board, right? And that that went kind of it, people were reporting it and all that, and that then became what uh, what Punk was annoyed about. So I'm trying to find, of course, what he said just for context as to why Punk then got annoyed. Um, oh God, what did he say? So basically, the gist of it was Meltzer was saying, you know, 
CM Punk was difficult, basically. And, you know, he didn't want to do this, he didn't want to do that. And, you know, is that really something you want in your locker room? That was the gist of what he said. Um, and then Punk's... Oh, yeah, so, so, so here's, here's, what, um, here's what Meltzer said. So he'd said in response to someone, do you know why they didn't advertise Punk and Moxley longer? And why it had a short build because Punk agreed to it. Then AEW got a legal letter saying he wasn't down with it and wasn't doing it, and they didn't know if he'd come until Tony put his foot down. There are a lot of nice things I can say about him, and you can absolutely argue his position on Moxley was correct, but you can't argue he willingly did what he was asked in this scenario uh, about CM Punk. So Punk then, on his Instagram story, said, "Sigh, I wasn't clear to come back to wrestle yet." Then the plan was to wrestle at the pay-per-view. I sat and listened to Moxley's Rocky 3 idea. I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie, and I thought the idea sucked. <laughs> if the boss You've wanted... never seen a Rocky movie? Which point, but, but somebody looked into this. Now, he did tweet out in 2010, I've never seen a Rocky movie. So wow. there is, he, he has played the long game with that one. Okay, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's not telling the truth. I just find it odd that he's never seen a Rocky movie. Coming, yeah. You know, because... I mean, Rocky is basically based on pro wrestling, isn't it? I mean, it's a boxing film, but the storylines are like oh, yeah. esque, weren't they? Yeah, hundred percent. So he, so he says, I explained. So Punk says, I explained how I'd never seen a Rocky movie, and I thought the idea sucked. But if the boss wanted to do it, whatever. He said, he said he wouldn't lose to me. I've never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony if this was what he wanted. He said yes. He's the boss, so I said, okay, but I'd need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could just be a squash, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There were plans. Plans always change, but I'll never put a company above my health ever again. So that happened, and then Punk again went on his Instagram story and posted uh, the quote from lethal weapon i'm too old for this shit <laughs> so he posted that uh i'm trying to think is that, he's, he's seen a lethal weapon movie then you see a lethal yeah maybe maybe danny glover is is, some, is someone who can lure him in over sylvester stallone um and then uh there was what was the other part of it so that all came out and then uh, there's a report by fightful that said in the aftermath of the brawl uh, Chris Jericho got involved in a shouting match with Punk, calling Punk a cancer. Um, and it's kind of just been going from there. So it's something that seemed to be out of the, like, I, you know, it seemed, it seemed like we'd, we'd moved on or we were trying to get forward. And, you know, the idea that Tony Khan's holding these kind of meetings with Punk to try and see what's happening. And it's all blown up again. So what do you make of this latest bout of uh, CM Punk shenanigans? I mean, it sounds to me like there's some tension still there and that, you know, diplomacy has not yet prevailed. No. But in order for diplomacy to prevail in any instance in life or to do with fighting countries or fighting people or whatever, there's got to be a will on both sides to reach a compromise, hasn't there? That yeah. is the only way you ever reach a compromise is by both by both parties bending in some way, and yeah. um, you know it's just that simple. And if there's if you're in a position where you re it's ready to kick off, then one or both parties isn't yet ready 
to reconcile. I mean, the fact that this has become this huge story, you know, this is number one on all the sites at the moment, isn't it? What yeah, we're yeah. talking about right now. And it's a bit of a non-story, really, isn't it? I mean, it just yeah. seems like, right, well, we've got to talk about this now because CM Punk has spoken again and he's the centre of the wrestling universe, <laughs> even though we're one week away from WrestleMania. So we're talking about this guy who, who hasn't been involved in the wrestling business for nearly seven months um, and um, doesn't seem to be too keen to return to the wrestling business because if he was... He would be, he would be working with Tony Khan. He'd be working with AEW. He'd be finding a way to reach a compromise with these people, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, the thing about this story, I do understand why Punk instead of putting this stuff out publicly and inflaming it and stirring it all up again. Yeah, true. I mean, just just to play devil's advocate though, and I don't I don't have a dog in the fight, but I'm just for the purposes of the conversation. I think when, you know, if you've got someone like Dave Meltzer putting this thing on a, a board and it being kind of circulated everywhere and it's and if Punk sees that as lies and it's lies being made to make him look bad, I do understand the idea you want to defend yourself and kind of say what your side of it is. I'm not sure an Instagram story is where I would do that. <laughs> um, no, exactly. And but, I don't blame him either, but don't put it in a public domain. Get in touch with Tony Khan and say, Tony, I'm not pleased with that report that your buddy has put out there. Mm-hmm. Can you ask him to remove it? Or can you ask him to run a clarification or whatever? But that is the way that you reach a compromise and reconcile is not by publicly defending yourself in this manner. I mean, I don't really care who's telling the truth in all honesty, Kenny. I really, mm-hmm. I don't know who's telling the truth. I don't really care. There's obviously a lot of bad blood there still because it's kicked off again, hasn't it? Well, you, usually the truth the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. You know, nine times out of ten, if you get you know all these big stories, the truth is usually in the middle. So, yeah. I mean, the thing though is, it's a shame that you know if Tony Khan is trying to smooth this over, he's not doing a very good job of it, is he? He's not doing a very good job of it. But then the other thing is, I think at this point. I mean, and I'm I'm only basing this on what I've heard AEW wrestlers say. It seems that they're either pro-punk or anti-punk. And there's not really an in-between on that. So, you know, to bring him back, I think you could upset a lot of people. I mean, you'd obviously upset Chris Jericho, who would be very annoyed that, you know, the universe is not revolving around him anymore. (laughs) Um, It's revolving around CM Punk again. Oh, yeah, he must be livid. Um, But... uh, yeah, so, but then, I mean, the other thing is, if, say, you know, this is just kind of speculation, but if Punk, say Punk has had enough, right? Yeah. And he was open to going back to WWE, right? And he would need to make the the overture to make that happen, I think, at this point, because obviously him and Triple H don't go on that well. But, I mean, I don't think he can do that right now, because he's still under contract to AEW, so it's just yeah, big. I, I believe so, and I don't think AD, I don't think WWE would want to rehire him because there's obviously bad blood there between yeah. punk and members of the locker room and management. And again, you know, let's just say, for example, you and I, Kenny, we had a big fallout, right? Yeah. Let's just say you and I had a big bust up and we were trying to reconcile. Would we put in the, would we be putting this stuff out in <laughs> a public forum no. and bashing each other publicly? Of course we wouldn't be. <laughs> and that's the difference. So, I mean, to me, if CM Punk's really serious about wanting to return to AEW, 
then he won't be inflaming this. He won't be making, exacerbating this. He'll be finding a way to, you know, calm this down and thaw this, you know, just cool this whole situation down and and to just reach a compromise, you know, quietly, professionally. I mean, I, you know, I really, you know, I really knocked him last year for the way that he behaved at that press conference. And I'll always, you know, I haven't changed my mind on that one. I don't need to go over it again. I've written about it, talked about it, et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought he was totally out of order. I think it was outrageous, the things that he said at that press conference. And um, I mean, and this was about the young books. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to me, why is I, I just could not believe that he was saying those words out loud in front of the world as his boss was sat right next to him. And for him to do this again now shows me, Kenny, that nothing has really changed with CM Punk. Well, now he was in the lead up to this week. There was a couple of kind of stories that were out there that he was he wants to come back to AEW. He okay. was open to coming back, and I think this whole thing has just kind of blown the lid off of it a little bit, you know. So there's maybe been smoothed waters because obviously, you know, if Dave Meltzer's putting something out there, he's clearly spoke to somebody. They've leaked information to him, so that's obvious. And if you're Punk, who I think it's safe to say there's probably an, a, an air of paranoia in your head at points, especially with lots of people you don't trust, you don't like. Yeah. So it is going to just set you back. But I mean, the one thing I think, and I, I it is, sorry, Kenny, can I just tell you? Yeah. yeah. But if, but if that's CM Punk's mentality at the moment, if he's thinking like that, how is this going to work when he goes back? Yeah. You're just inviting more drama backstage, aren't you? Yeah. Because if he's not content and he's not feeling comfortable going back and working with people and being around people, if he thinks that the whole system or many people in the system are working to undermine him or humiliate him or, you know, whatever, just make him look, present him in an unfavorable light, then that's not, that's going to be a, a really, you know, difficult working environment for him to be in each week, isn't it? And it yeah. it's not going to be conducive too good TV. It's going to be conducive to more drama, which is might be good for you and I and other people to write <laughs> and talk about. But for AEW, you you want you know you need these people to be because the I I mean if Punk's returning, he really has to do something with Omega and the books, doesn't he? He can't yeah. not. I mean I don't personally want to see it, but if he does return, then he will have to there will have to be some acknowledgement of what happened. And something will have to happen, otherwise people will be clamoring for it, and that will be that will just create problems with the fan base because they will be demanding a match. This is people will be demanding that match, won't they? So you yeah. have to give it to them. But there, I think, lies the other problem that AEW have. Because I was watching, and I was watching an interview with Kenny Omega and Renee Paquette, and it was you know the, the clip on YouTube was like you know. Renee Paquette speaks to Kenny Omega about the all-out brawl. And it was eight, eight and a half minutes of him saying absolutely nothing about it. And that's the problem because AEW, when they started, it was like, you know, they're a company for the fans and the kind of market was, you know, if you're sick of the status quo, um, you know, come enjoy AEW. We're different. We're the, the alternative. We're, you know, the wrestlers are the EVPs. They're, it's their vision as well. And now this thing has happened, which was just on the most public of displays of him saying all this stuff. 
And now everybody, I, this is going to follow all of these guys around for years yeah. because nobody knows what happened and nobody's allowed to talk about it. And in some ways, actually just telling people what happened would end the drama. Exactly. Because... Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if, yeah, I were, but... if I were in AEW, I would put out, I would get, I would do a, an interview, get someone to interview Kenny Omega, probably Rennie Paquette, because it's going to be very pro AEW and you can control it and it's not, it's not going to be challenging. You know, this is, you know, this isn't going to be, he's not going to be grilled by Rennie Paquette, is he? Not David Frost. And, <laughs> exactly so you know just pre-record it obviously make sure everyone's happy run it by legal or whatever just make sure everyone's happy with the content and then put it out and then at that point you're right oh kenny omega's addressed it and then if he does another interview and it's brought up he can just say listen i've talked about this previously with Rennie paquette i refer you to that interview i don't feel like i have anything more to say about it mm-hmm. and you've, you've you've shut that one down haven't you yeah but yeah, but yeah, and and the Bucks probably need to do it as well because it's it's yes. going to follow all three of them around forever. Because it's you know if it's like in WWE, if a big thing happened, you know people would automatically want to talk about it. And a bit, you know, WWE would end up making a DVD about it. <laughs> you know, the all out brawl. You know, the, the three discs. Yeah. They would do. I mean, and they sh- an AEW should be doing. I'm not saying put a DVD out, but they need to be. They should find some way of addressing this. And trying to make money out of it. Even look, at the, look at look at the Young Bucks as an example. One of the things that the Young Bucks are the most popular for is their show BTE, where they take the piss out of behind the scenes stuff. But then they've been involved in you know almost the biggest behind the scenes thing of the last few years, and they can't mention it. They can't make jokes about it. They can't you know do anything. They have to just kind of ignore it, and that also kind of hurts their you know marketability that they've got so yeah and their characters in general mm-hmm. so because they're, they're not talking about the elephant in the room the elephant in the room well that that's the latest on the cm punk saga he also was uh, tweeting on um no sorry posting he, he, he posted a comment on ray mysterio's instagram and replied to an angle that happened on smackdown as well so he's He's clearly checking out the wrestling that's going on. Apparently, he's reading Steve Cairn's new book as well. Oh, is he? The former Skinner, who has a book coming out, I guess. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see if there's more updates with Punk. But um, the elephant in the room, or one of the elephants in the room in WWE, is Bray Wyatt. He has not been seen in person on WWE TV since the go-home SmackDown for Elimination Chamber. Um where he challenged the winner of Lesnar and Lashley. Yeah. There was nothing on SmackDown last night with Lesnar and Wyatt Wyatt and Lashley at all. So, and then Lashley's now been announced for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal next week on SmackDown. Right. I mean, how the the mighty, the almighty have fallen. Yeah. Um, But, you know, actually a, a pretty good break, though, for Bobby Lashley. Because he may well win that battle royal, not that that will really mean anything for his career, but at least he won't have to have a match with Bray Wyatt. <laughs> this is true. Well, I was going to ask you because uh, Lashley did say on social media that he'll he'll be at the show and he'll be wrestling, whether it's Bray Wyatt or not, in a Twitter post. So, I mean, what, what do you do? Do you, do they put? Do you think they should still have Lashley on WrestleMania and give him another opponent? Do you think having him just be in the battle royal on SmackDown is enough? Like, what, what, what's the, 
you know, do you insert him into the Brock Lesnar and Omas thing as a three-way? Like, what's the answer with Lashley, do you think? Um, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad idea, really. I mean, because you could have Lashley might do something with MVP and Omas and maybe the Hurt Business. Maybe he could be backstage with those guys. Maybe there's, you know, maybe Lashley could be training Omas to beat Brock Lesnar. Maybe you could do, even do like a training video. That would be quite amusing, wouldn't it? <laughs> We're, you know, in, we're in this, uh, we're getting in the gym, we're doing, you know, working on strategies to defeat the beast. And here's our secret weapon, Bobby Lashley. He knows everything there is to know about Brock Lesnar. And he's going to give Omas the edge. That wouldn't be a bad way of using him on the, uh, in the run-up to the show, at least. No. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be averse to another match between Lesnar and Lashley because nothing was settled at Elimination Chamber. And I think they should maybe have a match at Backlash or some sometime in the spring anyway. And it, you know, just a street fight or whatever, some type of match with um, that's no DQ, no count out, false count anywhere. I don't know. I mean, there's lots of different match types that you could book them in to give us a final winner of these two and then have stakes as well. So whoever wins that match receives a shot at whomever's world champion at that point, undisputed champion at that point. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely seems to me, though, that he should try and have Lashley on WrestleMania. You know, whether that's just, maybe he, maybe he just, maybe he wins the Battle Royal and then he gets involved in the lesnar Omas thing at the end. Maybe that's what they do. And that's the way you kind of get into Lesnar and Lashley again as a blow-off at Backlash. But, I mean, yeah, you, you are right, though. It's a, you know, in one hand, yeah, he's not on WrestleMania, but on the other hand, he doesn't have to wrestle Bray Wyatt. Well. <laughs> I mean, you know, if the best they could do was a rehash, a rerun of the Muscle Man dance to promote it, then, I mean, it seems to me that the creative well has run dry, Kenny. <laughs> you know, and to me, Bray Wyatt, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't want to see him wrestling again. If, if he's going to do more matches or angles or segments that make as little sense as everything that he's done this year, then I, I don't want to see him in wrestling again. I just don't. I think there's a lot of people in wrestling who are crying out and hungry for the big time and hungry for a shot. And I would rather see them than Bray Wyatt. Um, alternatively, if Bray Wyatt wants to you know get back to basics or whatever and actually go out there and do matches and show us what he's got, if he can still do it, that is Kenny. There's no guarantees that he can. It's so long since he's done a traditional match. Who knows if he could even deliver anymore? Yeah. Is is because when was the last time Bray Wyatt wrestled? Uh, what was what's close to a full time schedule? Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I mean, it's a long time ago, isn't it? That's a page match number for me to look up right now. Because, I mean, you can't really count the Fiend run because... He, you know, he wasn't really having proper matches. All no. the and when so he was out there for a long time, the matches usually got progressively worse. Yeah, yeah, they, they did. You know, and the then, longer they lasted, the worse they were. I mean, he was he was wrestling quite a lot in January and February of 2020 against The Miz and Daniel Bryan on various dark matches. Um, see, he did wrestle a lot as The Fiend. It just wasn't very good. No. Um and then, so, I mean, I think probably when he was when he was last wrestling properly would have been the tag team with Matt Hardy, which ended in September of 2018. So five, four and a half years ago was the last time he was. But, but then I guess the conundrum for them is that his merch sells really well. He's very popular with like kids and well, I, I mean, the thing I'm curious about was because obviously when I was a kid, The Undertaker was around in like 1992, yeah. 1993. And I loved him as a kid. So I'm trying to work out if maybe he's he's the undertaker to kids today and maybe it's just not meant to be good to us. But I mean, you're probably better to speak to that because you watched Undertaker, you know, when you were in your 20s, early 20s or whatever. Yeah. Was Undertaker as bad in a presentation as Bray Wyatt is now or is it different? Well, I mean, it is different. I mean, the Undertaker was a very frustrating performer to watch during that period because you Obviously, he'd been Mark Callas, the Punisher, Master of Pain. He'd been this different wrestler when he was in WCW and I'd seen his matches there. And most of us were aware that he could do a lot more than he did. Of course, by design, The Undertaker had very methodical matches. He was booked against, usually against the very worst opponents, which held him back or held the character back and prevented the matches from really delivering on any level. Um and it wasn't really until the Mankind feud in 96 that it felt like The Undertaker provided value for money in terms of action in the ring. Um, but it was, you know, it's a different era, wasn't it? I mean, you know, you go back to 91, 92, if you got like two good matches a year, you were doing backflips, you were elated. You're like, oh, wow, did you see that match at the pay-per-view? <laughs> And you'd be talking about it for six months afterwards. I know there's fewer pay-per-views then, but there, were, there just wasn't as many good matches. And now we take good matches for granted because we get them basically every week, don't we? Yes, we do. They're, they're um, so I don't think you can compare the two because the times are very different. And I think the thing that frustrates me and I'm sure others when it comes to Bray Wyatt is that we know he could do better and we just feel like we're being shortchanged. And, you know, the LA Knight match was just, as I've said on this podcast several times, just one of the worst match, probably the worst match I've seen in years. Because you know it could have been so much better. And you just yeah. felt totally ripped off by it. Um, it just like, you know, it was a squandered opportunity. And happily, LA Knight's talented enough that I think he's going to be all right. You know, he, but, I mean, do you match. think... In in terms of why, though, do you th- is is it a similar situation to Undertaker from the perspective of, you know, if you're a kid, 
maybe you just think it's cool that he's the spooky guy and and that's and that's enough or do you think that in 2023 you have to be able to do more overall um i don't know i mean i'm not sure how to answer that i mean i think now the expectations of of what a match should deliver or ought to deliver in the ring are a lot higher than in 92 or 93 so I think the standards have, have risen in terms of what we are going to get from a TV show, especially because back then it was, I don't know, Raw wasn't all squat, squash matches in 93. There were some star versus star matches. So things were changing in 93. But now I think people just expect more from their matches. Um, so, I mean, maybe the kids are just amused by the character and want to buy all the, you know, the toys or the you know, the the different items of merch with Bray's name or likeness or characters' names and likenesses on, then, you know, maybe that's good enough for them. But, I, you know, the majority of people, if you look in a crowd at WWE show, the majority of people are at least 15 or over. And Wyatt's matches are not going down well with them. And I think it can be both. I think it can deliver for the kids. And I think it can deliver, you know, for the, the teenagers or late teens or and and above. There's no reason to me why he can't cater to everyone. There you go. Well, we will keep keep an eye on... Uh, if I mean, I assume Bray Wyatt will turn back up once he's recovered from whatever, he's, whatever his issues are. Um, and we yeah, will probably. see him again. But who knows when that will be? Um, listen, that's, that's hopefully all... not before... Well, it doesn't like it's going to be before WrestleMania. So, And that's no bad thing, let's be honest. No. Unless he makes some sort of big return on the go-home show the night before, but I, I can't see it. I can't see it. Um, but yeah, we're going to be, uh, we'll be back on Patreon with an overrun. Hope you'll join us over there um, for that. And uh, yeah, we, we've WrestleMania 19 goes up in a few days' time. goes up next week. We've recorded it already. So it's a pretty interesting show to look back on, Finn. Yeah, it was. It was. And it was one of those sort of shows where it delivered loads but then, you know, in terms of commercial, in terms of the revenue that it generated, it was fell far below expectations. And you go back and you look at it, you think, well, why? Because this show had it all. I mean, there were so many big matches on it. And I mean, almost everything delivered. Not everything, but almost everything did. And um, it's a very strange show, like an anomaly, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Think of how many buys WrestleMania 18 did and how many buys WrestleMania 20 would do, which was another show with a lot of big matches on it, wasn't it? It wasn't really one match at WrestleMania 20 that felt like the main event. There was like lots of big matches. So there was definitely similarities between 20 and 19 and 20 did far better than 19. And obviously, you know, 19 did a huge crowd as well, didn't it? In Seattle, it's um, what what was the thing Exactly. Safe Cofield, yeah. Well, it's funny because when you'd, I'd forgotten, it was only when we recorded it and you'd mentioned that, you know, WrestleMania 20 did like a million buys or something like that. It did like yeah, more, more. More than that. And I mean, I think WrestleMania 19 is a way better show than WrestleMania 20 by miles. I uh, agree. And yeah, so just, I, I'm very confused as to why WrestleMania 20 did a lot better. But, you know, I guess it's just one of those things where speculation can be there forever. Um, yeah, exactly. And as we said, you know, word would have travelled in the wrestling community. Obviously, internet, pretty much everyone on the internet by 2003. 
So all the reviews would have been out there. And, um, oh, what a great show this was. Oh, this match really delivered. And, like, why didn't it do well in terms of replays? You know, why didn't, why didn't like, lots of people order the replay? And, and that should have really boosted the number, but didn't happen. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's a weird one. But we do delve into the, the whole, all the rest of the 19. It's interesting because, obviously, Saunders never watched it before. We've, we're watching it again. So there's some, there's some good discussion coming out. So that'll be coming up next week on Patreon. Uh, patreon.com forward slash Inside the Ropes and you can still pre-order issue 31 of Inside the Ropes magazine at insidetheropesmagazine.com two F. Martin interviews for the price of one um, one that Finn is very proud of and one that Finn would probably rather forget so uh, enjoy reading both of those but yeah Finn I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and we will be back with these lovely people on Tuesday we will yes and you Lan likewise Kenny you have uh, you get everything sorted before you head off on your travels to sunny LA yes looking looking forward to to getting away and uh, yeah it should be fun so we'll be back on Tuesday before I go uh, and we'll, we'll have stuff going out through the week that we'll pre-record so you won't miss anything here on our feed so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon if I tonight, if I tonight.